You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. A very good uh, afternoon, evening, depending on where in the world you're listening or when you're listening. This is Carl and Kenners hitting the bar. Football from monocles to man buns. A football co- uh, podcast hosted by myself, Chris Cole. It says here, a Tottenham fan. And Steve Kenton, an Arsenal fan. Hello, Steve. Good evening, Chris, or good afternoon, depending where you are, of course. Yep. And we are proving that the ugly side of football really does still exist. In fact, we have been um, approached by The Walking Dead to become extras on their show. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely. Um, we could not do this without the help of our bar in the El Zocco Centre Calahonda, who are providing a place for us to record and some equipment as well. And, of course, sustenance. Uh, also, big thanks to Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines. You can find them on stuarthilluk.com. What they do is they uh, have forums for distributors up and down Spain, around the UK and Europe, where distributors come along, enjoy fine wines, cigars, whiskies, and cheeses, uh, which they can order and then distribute, combined with culture. And what I mean by that, of course, is theatre, entertainment, dance, and now football. So a big thanks to StuartHillUK.com, Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines, to Taxi Point, um, which is an online uh, news forum and uh, site for uh, all your latest news uh, regarding uh, taxi, the taxi industry, really. It um, is indeed, Impartial yes. and, uh, you know, very, very informative. And you can reach Taxi Point on uh, all the W's dot taxi dash point .co.uk. Thanks to all those people for supporting us and all you guys listening. Um, We really ran out of time last week. We uh, last time uh, episode three. This is episode four. Who'd have thought? Um, We finished up on our England combined eleven since the year 1975. We did indeed, pretty much, almost. Um, We needed to include substitutes. Um, So, as it stands at the moment. Uh, we have <coughs> we have David Seaman in goal. We have Phil Neal at right back, the old Liverpool legend and penalty taker extraordinaire. Mm. At left back, we have Ashley Cole. Centre halves, we've gone for Dave Watson and we have also gone for Rio Ferdinand purely on the basis we cannot make this Arsenal centric. We'd love Tony Adams in there, but why do you say Arsenal centric? You know, I'm a Tottenham fan as well. That's fifty percent of. I see what you mean. Yeah, Tottenham, England, gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Mm. Um, on the right side of midfield, we've looked at Steve Coppel, which we think would would give balance to the England side. Out on the left, we were torn between Tony Curry, John Barnes and Chris Waddle, which we still haven't decided on, surprisingly no, we enough. We've, we've got a very dear friend of ours, also a pundit star of the regular Saturday sports show that you and I, I host that you're a pundit on yep. it, 93.6 Global Radio on uh, the Costa del Sol all around the world, global.fm. That's a sports show that we both appear on as well. And uh, one of the guests on there, one of very, very uh, erudite and interesting pundits on there, is a very dear friend of uh, ours, uh, Jeff Saunders, who, you know, for his sins, is also a West Ham fan. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know, just just likes a bit of BDSM or whatever. But um, <laughs> he's joined us. <laughs> he's joined us. He's joined us once again. He was in episode three. We liked it so much, we invited him back today. 
Um, Sorry, aren't BDSM a German, uh, an, an old East German national side? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are gonna we are gonna have a little chat with Jeff. I mean, your your opinion on what uh, Steve has yeah. just said regarding I, I, I that, that should, middle of the field? We we need to revert to Jeff for the casting decision: Curry, Waddle, or Barnes. Right. Okay. Curry is an inside forward, so I wouldn't play him wide left anyway. It's the natural place for Waddle, who's, who was always more productive for England than Barnes was. So I'd, I'd always go for Waddle. All right. Well, thank you very much. So, I mean, I Waddle's doing well, you know. Yeah. I what mean about uh, a water bottle, Waddle? I mean, he's doing very yeah. well. You know, uh, he's in a combined Spurs. We've got to go with Waddle then. Okay. Um, centre of midfield. Now, this becomes difficult because where would you play Kevin Keegan? You can't leave out Kevin Keegan. No, actually, you, you really can't. Not, not. I mean, the England team has never really excelled. I mean, they had the golden age, of course, but they never got to a final. They didn't, you know, even when Bobby Robson was the manager, they never got past a quarter or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got to a semi-final just last year. Well, this year, indeed, wasn't it? indeed. Um, you know, it was, it was a good expected. side. You know, it's unexpected. It was a good side. It was a good side, but not, you know, it's not, you know, it's not Argentina, it's not Germany, whatever. Uh, so these players are outstanding or standing out, if you like, from um, the mediocrity that has been many England teams. Kevin Keegan, great servant for England. Um, you know, I told you in, in uh, the last episode that I saw him score a hat trick for England. I mean, and it was it was quite interesting. I saw him score a hat trick for England against Italy, and the Italian fans were chanting Keegan, Keegan, Vaffon. Uh, very un unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a hated player for teams who he was playing against because he was so. But it was just, you know, it was a killer instinct, and it was great for England. But yeah, I mean, the the thing I have with with Keegan as as when you look at Keegan as a player, was he a, was he an attacking midfielder or was he a forward? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a very good uh, that's a very good question. I mean, I always had him down as a as a forward, but Jeff, yeah, he's he's a forward. He 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 started off. He was taken to Liverpool as an outside right to replace Callaghan. And then he was converted to the, the small striker that plays beside the big man, who was John Toshak at the time. So he's very much, he's, he's a striker. Yeah, I'd have him down as a striker, yeah. definitely. But yeah. in, you mentioned all those goals he scored, but who gave him the passes for all those goals? And that was Brooking. Well, yes. There's that, you see, there's another contender. So how are we going to proceed with that? Well, then, that middle of the field and then up front. This becomes very interesting, because do we play England as a 4-3-3? Um... I think there is an argument for that, in which case, who do we play in the centre of midfield? Well, you see, you've just raised an interesting point, Steve, that we didn't consider, um, you know, which is very much when you go into anything, you, you forget to the parameters. We didn't consider a formation before we started picking players, in, yeah. in some sense. So it does depend, 4-3-3, four, three, three, four, four, you know, today England will be playing 4-4. Four, four, Two. Two, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, exactly. Mike Bassett, England manager, once said, and quite rightly so. You know, <laughs> but so best manager England have ever had. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, which we, we are going to have to talk, by the way, about Sam Allardyce. I want to bring this up because it did happen a couple of days ago. Okay, um, he was on TV just this last week uh, talking of England managers, uh, past and present, um, complaining that uh, the Premier League is full of um, foreign managers who keep playing this passing, boring game which doesn't go anywhere and doesn't result <coughs> in any shots on goal. Now, just to remind you, and coincidentally, and nothing to do with it, when he was manager of Everton, uh, they came 20th out of a poll of 20 Premier League teams with the least shots on goal. 
So pot kettle, all that. And but, also, uh, Allardyce has not won a trophy as a manager. No, but he's, he's, he's made a lot of money. Uh, but yes, back to uh, Mike well Bassett and England. Are we going to play 4-4-2, 4-4-3? What are we going to play? Um, I think we've got to go 4-4-2. I, I, I think... I think we've got to go for if we are going four four two, and we're going to have Keegan as a front man. The the problem we've got is we can't have Lineker. Well, I'm sorry, you you've got to have Lineker. I, I I would prefer Lineker. In which case, I I would actually, you've either got to have Lineker or Rooney. And oh, are you going to have wait, very wait. difficult? Before we, Jeff is shaking his head. Um, I'm going to come to you in a minute, Jeff. But first of all, Rooney, are you going to have Rooney? In his pomp, in his when he was a young fella, or are you going to have Rooney as uh, sitting back behind the the strikers, uh, feeding the strikers and scoring the free kicks or taking the free kicks? I kick? think we've got to. Which we, Rooney are you having? If we're going to fit him into the squad, and I think we've got to fit him into the squad, you've got to have him sitting behind the front two. Who are going to be Gary Lineker? <sighs> I don't know. I I, don't, I really don't know if you can have Keegan and Lineker, Lineker together. Well, Jeff, um, I, don't, I don't think you can have those two together, and I'd rather have Lineker than Keegan. Me too, actually, yeah. yeah. But along with Lineker comes Beardsley. How can you leave him out? I mean, this is the thing, you know, Lineker's goals obviously mostly came oh. in the box. You've got to have somebody who's going to be feeding those passes. I'll see, I'll, I'll see your Beardsley and raise you a Johnson. David Johnson. Wow, Jeff is making a face. David Johnson played in the same squad as Gary Lineker. Uh, uh, sorry, as um, as Keegan, Keegan, I beg your pardon. And he was a fantastic striker, underused, scored a th- an, an awful lot of goals in a very small amount of um, international games. Mm. Well, you know, th- now the debate is raging, isn't it? Are we going to go Keegan? Are we going to go Lineker? What formation are we going to have? In order to make that happen, I have to agree with Jeff. I, you cannot have a combined England eleven uh, from 1975 <coughs> to the present day without Gary Lineker. What first about of all, four, three, and one, then two, you're looking though. at Harry Kane as well, who's you know prolific I, as well, I, I, in, in a short space of time. I, Harry Kane, I, I'm I'm slightly dubious about on the basis that a lot of his goals have been scored from set pieces. The same would, uh, would apply with Shearer. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, possibly there's an argument to have a 4-3-1-2. All right then. So listen, uh, you you can make your you can make your comments uh, underneath this podcast wherever you find it, iTunes, Spotify, uh, could be anywhere. Uh, we are available across all the platforms. Um, Steve, central midfield. I'm I'm looking at um, possibly a Paul Ince. I know, and I know he's not the po- he wouldn't be the popular choice, but we need we need somebody who's got a bit of steel and a bit of creativity within within the squad. So I would look at Paul Ince. Right. Um, okay. With, yeah, I'd like to have Paul Ince somewhere Wardle as well. With Wardle on the left and Koppel on the right. Right. So we're not leaving Koppel out. That's no, no, no. We, we can't leave Koppel out. I think right. he's a better. Pl- I think I genuinely believe he was a better player than Beckham. Um, well, I know you said that in the last podcast, and I'm still reeling from that, to be honest. And, and David Beckham, uh, his people have contact, contacted us because, you know, you're talking about an icon here. Yeah, but he <laughs> is suing me, and I have nothing, so yeah, it makes no that. difference. He's left you a fiver, by the way. I have to give it to you later. Is he? <laughs> I think he's so, being generous. Yeah, it's all he's got. So, we're, you know, yeah. Koppel, then what? Up front, well, you, 
I think you've got to have Wayne Rooney, and I think you've got to have Gary Lineker. So you're going to play tr- Rooney and Lineker together. They're very similar. Yeah, well, that's the problem, though. When Rooney played up front, he was very much, you know, possibly Lineker-esque. Yeah. So, so are you going to have them both together, which means you've got to have somebody really feeding both of them. One How's of them that has to drop to the bench. Right, OK, let's put Rooney on the bench. I, I, I would be Rooney, he has to be in the squad because of his service for England. Yeah. And, to ch- you know, it's about not just, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's about not just how great a footballer, footballer you are in your career, yeah. how many goals you scored for your team, um, and your service on how many cap- I mean, you know, top scorer for England, all that. It's also about how you changed the, 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 the fate of an England team. But then, then who you know, you can you uh, can you can score in every frame. Who, who, who do we have? I mean, we've got Latchford, Woodcock, Mariner, McDonald. Yep. Right. We've got Lineker, Rooney. So that's six strikers. Yeah. Shearer, <laughs> Shearer, seven. Yeah. To me, Shearer, Shearer was a great striker, but I don't think he would hold a candle to any of those guys. Brooking, Brooking was fabulous. You know. We're, we're, we've got he looked very a good in what was to choose the, from. I mean, I think Trevor Brooking, great servant for England, great servant for West Ham, uh, lovely fella, all that. Um, but he, you know, he was in a team that he probably looked better than he may have been. What a, it was what a, a very ordinary England team at that time, wasn't it? What about Beardsley? Well, this is a very difficult one at the moment because of uh, current political and um, you know legal situation with Beardsley. Um, you know, with him getting sacked by Newcastle for bullying and racist comments, uh, yeah, there is Donnick an ongoing uh, well. there is an ongoing um, bullying investigation. So we have to be very careful what we say. Um, but he is another case. But I'm going to leave Rooney on the bench and have Lineker up front. I'd I'd leave Rooney up front and Lineker on the bench. Well, but with 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 Johnson alongside him. All right. But not Adam Johnson I mean, who's that, in prison. No, 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 <laughs> not, not Adam Johnson. David Johnson, the ex-Ipswich and Liverpool striker. But then I'm going to refer over to to Jeff because obviously Jeff has an opinion as well. Yeah, okay, right. The the, the, the Lineker Rooney thing, of course. Right, okay. Um, Johnson is not as good as Shearer, and they were quite similar players. No, no, no. If you if you're thinking Johnson, well, Shearer is a better choice anyway. I don't think he can play with Lineker, though. I think you play Lineker as a striker. You definitely have Beardsley, because he's the best inside forward England's had for, well, <laughs> ever, since we won the World Cup. And you look at, you look at the records. Everybody that's p- every striker that's played with Beardsley has scored a hatful all the time. He's Absolutely. a great, great player. All right, now listen. Um, this could rage on for a long time. Just want to say a little... Uh, uh, Thank you to our bar, uh, to Stuart Hill Wine, uh, Stuart Hill Exclusive Wines. You can reach them on stuarthilluk.com. And as I say, uh, to our bar for letting them use the facility, letting us use their facilities, and of course looking after us. Uh, our bar in the Elzoco Centre, Calahonda. You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Our bar. 
Big thanks to our bar and to Stuart Hill Wine, um, exclusive wine, and to Taxi Point um, for looking after us and making us feel very welcome and helping us to produce this podcast. Carl and Kenneth's hitting the bar football from monocles to man buns. And, and the reason for that, of course, is that we look at the history of the game. We look at past and present managers, teams, players, uh, and so much more and bring you almost up-to-date information. But we're going to go back to the topic we were discussing, uh, which is going to be endless because nobody's ever going to agree entirely. It's a bit like VAR. Uh, mm. uh, our all-time England eleven since 1975, since, since Steve can remember. Yeah, which is uh, pretty much since last week, actually, yes. in reality. Um, OK, so our England eleven since 1975 is, is an interesting um, smorgasbord of players. In goal, we have David Seaman. At right back, we have Phil Neal, which I think is inarguable given, you know, that we, we haven't been blessed with right-backs. Left-back, Ashley Cole, centre-halves. We didn't want this to be Arsenal-centric, so we've gone with Dave Watson and Rio Ferdinand with Tony Adams on the bench. Um, across the midfield, now this becomes extraordinarily contentious. Out on the right, we've got Steve Koppel, who was a fantastic servant for Man United, and he was... Genuinely a great player for, for England as well. Out on the left, we're looking at Chris Waddle, as suggested by Je by a friend, Jeff Saldners. Um, in the centre, we haven't really decided, although we've looked towards Paul Lintz, we need that midfield enforcer. Um, now, this is looking like a 4-3-1-2. Um, up front, we're looking... At Rooney and no, let, can I just stop you there? Because yes. I think um, it's a democracy. Uh, Jeff and so I, of have course, of course. Rooney's on the bench, even though I think personally, and I'm quite an emotional person, I, I think what Rooney has done for England has been magnificent. He's an all-time top scorer. We're looking at a team that we want to beat the best of the best. So we're saying, take the best. For example, we're saying take the best Argentinian team of the last 40 years. Take the best German team of the last Does 40 years. Does that include years. handball? What is the combined 11 of England players that can face up to them and compete? Rooney, we're going to put on the bench, Steve. And Lineker has to be up front because he can poach goals against both those teams. Okay, but then you've got to have Beardsley next to him. Okay. In which case, I would sit Keegan just behind the front two. All right, well... Uh, Jeff, you're, you're looking sceptical about that one. Yeah, I mean, Ke Keegan was always better playing off, uh, playing off a number nine. And he was, you know, being fed by, by Brooking when he played for England. Right, and so who would, who would take that role then in our combined 11? What, from Keegan? Yeah, who would, who no, would be I, feeding I, him? I, I think, no, I think you have Beardsley, 
playing along with Lineker. All right, and, so and then you have width, then have width either side, and you don't have a target man. All right, so that's and what we're looking at then. All right, Jeff, I, I'm kind of in agreement with Jeff there. Mm. Are we going to settle for that, Steve, and then move on to the substitutes? Yeah, I think we should move on to the substitutes, but um, I disagree. But that's since what it's this about. is a democracy, that's what football's about. You're this an Arsenal fan. I'm a about. Tottenham fan. We beg to disagree, and I'm right. Move on. <laughs> um, Yes, in your dream world. It's, got, it's um, kind of an, an analogy of Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't bring that I into know it. We could be it, here all I'm night. Right. Um, OK, reserve goalkeeper. We've, we, we've, we've got to look at Peter Shilton, I think. Peter Shilton. Pat Despite Jennings. the fact he was beaten by a midget. <laughs> yeah, see, I will never... Of course, you know, what a wonderful servant to football. Yeah, but indeed, that, indeed. how could you not jump higher than a, than, than a very short man, about my height... Uh, with his arm raised, cheating, and he, how could you not jump higher than that? You're, you're, you had one job. Your job is to jump up and catch a ball, more or less. So to be, to be fair, his, his feet were that. nailed to the floor. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think pound for pound, disregarding that match, Shilton was probably just about the second best keeper we've had in the last 45-odd years. Right, all right. Well, okay, so are we going for that as a reserve yeah. goalkeeper? Yeah, or not reserve uh, substitute what do you goalkeeper? Think, Jeff? Jeff? Um, I was always more of a Clements fan, to be honest, but I can't, can't, you can't argue against Shilton, to be honest. Not really, not really. He, he, you know, despite, yes. Right. Ad Adams has to be on the bench. You can't have an England squad without possibly the second best central defender in history. Yeah, in Tony Adams. Yeah. You go for Tony Adams. I, you're an Arsenal fan. We yes. talked. We talked about this uh, between us, not on the the podcast, but of course after that Arsenal against Man United uh, game, which yeah. you know unbeaten Man United uh, nine times won nine games in a row away yeah. under Solskjaer. They go to the Arsenal, big game for both teams, uh, and Arsenal run away as winners two 0 uh, as Solskjaer very magnanimously uh, and very charmingly was giving his post-match press conference. Tony Adams walks in, turns to the press, shakes his fist at him and shouts, Up the Gunners! And then proceeds to say, shake Solskjaer's hand, which Solskjaer took very well and uh, gave him the thumbs up. But they're yeah, old he, friends. He's an they're man they're old through. friends. They're old foes. And let, let's be honest, you look at Arsenal of... The 90s and the noughties. You look at Man United of the 90s and the noughties. They get on great now. So, are we going for Tony Adams, Jeff? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, could I throw another name in? Yes, please. Terry Butcher. Wow, yeah. There's a, there's a blast from the past, of course. Uh, which they all are, I suppose, in many ways. But I mean, one we might have missed out. A, as good a defender as Adams and a better ball player. Which... You know, that's something that's been lacking in every England squad since we won the World Cup, I suppose. Well, the the only ball, if you can call him that, we've had was uh, Rio Ferdinand. Yes. And okay, he's yeah. he's better on the ball than most. You but know, we haven't talking to ball players and all that. We we really haven't touched on Paul Scholes, have we? Not really. And I, you know, what a great servant for for Man United, of course, through and through one team player. But also, you know, I had some great games for England and some of those passes, those pinpoint passes, were phenomenal. Now, of course, with the players he was playing with, some of them didn't lead to much. But in terms of assists and, and game-changing and passing the ball forward, which is something that we don't see as much in an England team today, 
I think Paul Scholes, if we're not going to put him in the first 11, he's got to be on the bench, surely. Oh, yeah, but put him on the bench, yeah. But have, have, we, have we fixed on a holding player, a ball, ball winner in the midfield? All right, well, Steve, oh, you yeah, don't, now, uh, now you see, Paul Scholes, as great a player as he was, and he was a great player. Um, the problem with Paul Scholes is he, he wasn't adaptable enough. He wasn't versatile. Steven Gerrard is versatile. Steven Gerrard played in pretty much every position outside of goalkeeper. Mm. I'd be going Steven Gerrard. Really, I, I have some issues with sub. Steven Gerrard, again, you know, based on emotional assumptions. Um, you know, we, we don't want him to slip up in our team, but it's who he can play with. Now, of course, there was, you know, the, the mythical or possibly apocryphal or possibly not way that he could not play with certain players in the midfield. Is he going to be? Is is he going to be the the spanner in the works for our England team? I don't, I don't think so. But I mean, look, Paul Scholes, by his own admission, couldn't tackle the skin off a rice pudding. Um, so, you know, Possibly Paul Scholes was a creative player. Same as Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard was a creative player. I love Frank Lampard. Mm. I loved watching Frank. Sorry, Frank Lampard Jr. Um, <laughs> and. Sorry, I was going to mention Frank Lampard's Derby County there. Yes, yeah. But um, branding is everything. Branding is everything. Um, Frank Lampard was a brilliant... I love Frank Lampard. But I think Steven Gerrard could play in any position. Now, whilst he wasn't the best in any position, he was adaptable. And that's what counts. Well, can I just... Uh, just a thing about Paul Scholes, because I am still, you know, um, going after this, because... If you read interviews with other strikers of his generation from Spanish clubs and uh, Italian clubs and international teams, and they're asked, you know, for, for example, Ronaldinho, just for example, to name the best player you came up against, time out of time, in their you know, best midfield 11 or best uh, midfield players, uh, people will say Paul Scholes. He but comes then up Marco time and Van again. Basten came up with stating that Tony Adams was the best Central defender he's ever come across. All right, so what are we going to do? Is Skulls on the bench, please? I, I would put Skulls on the bench alongside Gerard. Right, all right. I think you've got to have both. He's and then in one ball. single striker. Right, okay. Right, so who, what have we got left? Who did we have, we have playing on the first 11? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did we go for Rooney or did we go for, no, no, for Lineker? Lineker is up front. Right, then undisputed. We've got to go, we, we've got to go Rooney on the bench. Right, Rooney's on the bench. Lineker's up front. We need another striker. I so think. Well, I think we've got. We, we, we've Sheringham, got five. Have Defoe. we? Not? Who are you looking at? Oh, <coughs> I I love Sheringham. He speaks very highly of you too. I know, I know, I know. He's, he's a good friend, <laughs> and um, yeah, moving on. Um, but I think we've got Shilton on the bench. We we've got Adams on the bench. Yep. Got Rooney we've on got the bench. Rooney on the bench. Skulls. Skulls on the bench. And we've got Gerard on the bench. So I think that completes it. Right, so we're missing a striker. Really? Well, not really, not really. I mean, right. Rooney is the complete player. All right. Listen, uh, you guys listening to this podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, or wherever you found us, thank you for listening to Carl and Kenners hitting the bar. Football, from monocles to man buns, you will have a different opinion to us, I'm sure. You'll probably be more writerer than what we are. Uh, but we'd like to hear your comments because this uh, England combined 11 since 1975 is 
Far from done. This is not going to go away. We, we need your input. We really need your input because we are not necessarily right, but at the moment, we are. It, yes. Until somebody says otherwise, we're right. Um, before we move on, because uh, you know this show is about uh, the history of the game, uh, bizarre facts about the game, and also you know what's happening uh, around the game today. Um, before we move on, if we are going to talk about combined teams, we've had a combined Arsenal and Tottenham eleven. We're currently looking at a combined England eleven, best of. Mm. What about the managers, Steve? Who's going to be the manager of this mythical? Uh, made up England oh, team. Now this is a it has really to be, it's got to be somebody <laughs> who has managed England since 1975. Now, this is a really interesting question because many people will say Bobby Robson. I love Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson is, to be honest, he's one of my heroes, but I would go with Terry Venables. Wow. Well, you know, uh, Sam Allardyce, because he only had one 100% record. You've got to give the fella a chance. So yeah, that's no recommendation, is not it? Not really, not really. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say with my relationships, you know, 100% record of failure. <laughs> but um, we're going to leave the choice up to you guys. I mean, you've got, a ch- you've got since 1975, you've got Bobby Robson, you've got Steve McLaren, for goodness sake. Steve, for sure. You know um, I, mean? I mean, look, there, there, is a multitude of mani- there is a multitude of managers who have not managed England. Brian Clough. Sven Gorn Eriksson. Brian Clough. Do you know what? You can't include him because he wasn't England manager. We can't include Brian Clough, which is an absolute crying shame because he is the best manager that we've never had. Well, that's what everybody says. Um, but, Jeff, you've got an opinion about uh, an England manager or the best of? Um, well, uh, I was just, just talking to talking about the best manager England never had, and I think that's Bob Paisley, actually. <laughs> well, that would have. how would that have gone down, though? Can you imagine that um, combination of, uh, I don't know, nationalities and uh, in those days? How would that have worked? Do you what think combination that w- of nationalities? Well, I mean, you're saying, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it, it's, you're saying he's better than Brian Clough. Yes. Yes, but never happened. So who is your best one of all the England managers that we've actually had since 75? Forget about Sir Alf Ramsey. And I know you've got a funny story about Sir Alf Ramsey, which I'm going to come to you uh, just in just a moment. Oh, but I of, since 1975, you've got Bobby Robson, you've got Steve McLaren, you've got Sven Gorn Eriksson, for goodness sake. Oh, Capello was the best manager. Capello. There's yeah. a, now that, because I'd, yeah, I'd missed that one out of my little list for you. Just, just look at what he's won. Well, look what, what have any of them won, but yeah, but him well, as a manager, well, club anyway. level. The only manager to win anything for England was Sir Alf. But, but if you look at what Capello has won as a football manager, no one's close. That's an interesting choice, actually. I like that. That's yeah, very interesting, Yeah, but Steve. Look, at, look at Venable's record. I mean, what was it? 1-11, draw 11, lost three. Or thereabouts. Mm. Um, I, I don't think Capello had control of the dressing room at all. Well, I don't think any of... The, the problem is, and, and you said about Brian Clough and Jeff saying about other... You know, the problem is you've got to fit in with the, the suits, as they call them, the old-fashioned style of the FA, and it's all very, you know, gentleman's club and all that, And which is why they say Brian Clough didn't get the job because he would rage against the machine. Um, Gareth Southgate, very much um, a company man. Yeah. Very much a company man, very well-spoken, very, very considered. Gareth Southgate, I, I mean, I, 
I've got a lot of respect for Gareth Southgate um, on the basis that he has done an awful lot and gone an awful long way with what is a very average England side. And well, they are an average England side. Well, they are. I mean, people say that I remember sitting in this very bar, our bar in the Ozoko Centre, Calahonda. Thank you very much for allowing us to record here. I remember sitting in this very bar this summer. Um, I almost got wrapped up in it and shouting and singing, it's coming home. Uh, watching what was, I mean, when you say Jordan Henderson, international footballer in the same sentence, you know you're in trouble. Let's be honest. Come on. Yeah, With I all mean, due respect yeah. to Mr. Henderson. I mean, look, currently, these are the best England players we have. No, are but they But that not? is a problem. And that kind of brings us to the amount of foreign players we have playing in the Premier League is impacting on the English national side, without question. Well, is it that or is it uh, the academies? Is it the amount of money put into the local ga- game at grassroots? Uh, it, there's a lot of factors, and I think we're going to talk about that in a future episode because that's a yeah. very, very... Yeah, we are. I mean, there's an extremely good blog by Stuart Steelyard, who is absolutely excellent. He's written an amazing blog. It's Honestly, it's really worth a read in relation to how many uh, foreign players there are playing in the Premier League from when it started to now. Now... This impacts on the Premier League. Uh, it impacts on the English na- on the English national side as well, and that that is a worry because ultimately, you know, we want to win the World Cup. We want to we want to be the best that we can be as an as a national side. And if we can't do that, then there has to be a reason behind that, and that is because the amount of foreign foreign imports we have that are are of a, are of a very average nature. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Steve Kenton. This is Carlin Kenners hitting a bar. Football from monocles to man buns. Uh, a podcast all about football. Uh, me, Chris Carl, a Tottenham fan, it says here, and Steve Kenton, an Arsenal fan, bless him. Um, talking in a civilised manner with special guests about football uh, with hilarious and surprising results. We're with, uh, we're with Jeff Saunders, who's a West Ham fan. Um, you know, our sympathy and all that. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about the combined England 11. We've talked about a combined Arsenal Tottenham 11. We're going to talk about a Man City Man United combined 11. But one of the features of this show is looking back in history. Now, Steve, uh, every episode we do look at a team uh, that may have uh, faded from memory, may still be going. But we look at their beginnings, their roots, and, you know, where are they now? Who have you got for us this episode? Ah, right. Well, I have... (laughs) Jeff is saying, is it Fulham? Somebody who's faded from Um, our memories. (laughs) I know we're talking faded faded from memory. Um, And yes, that could be West Ham. But it is, in fact, Old Etonians. So... Old Etonians, so David Cameron up front to the right. (laughs) Yes, without the pig. Nigel Farage, left back. Uh, yes, we George, George Osborne in the centre of, uh, of midfield. Um, no, we're, we're going to look at Old Etonians and what they achieved as, as a side, um, which is quite phenomenal, really, when you think about it. Um, so, the, the, this particular club were, 
was formed by Lord Kinnaird. Uh, Lord Kinnaird did actually play international football for England. Um, they were the last what is termed as true blue club to win the FA Cup on the 25th of March of 1882 when they beat Blackburn Rovers 1-0 at the Oval. Um, they lost 2-1 to an, in extra time to another Blackburn club, uh, Blackburn Olympic, the following year. In all, they reached the final an incredible six times in nine years, from 1875 to 1883, winning only twice, which is a bit of a surprise. They also surprised, uh, supplied a number of players to the English national side, including three in one match against uh, Wales in 1879. In modern times, Old Etonians are members of the, the Amateur Football Alliance and field three teams in the Arthurian League. Um, international players that they have supplied include Rupert Anderson, who nobody's ever heard of, um, Robert Cunliffe Gosling, who obtained five caps. Um, Old Etonian players who later played for England include Alfred Littleton, Reginald McCauley and Cuthbert Ottaway. Um, club founder Lord Kinnaird played one, one, made one appearance for Scotland in 1873, the second ever international match in England's history. Absolutely amazing. You know, this is what happens. We're going to look at all these teams. We're going to have a big, big uh, episode, maybe the next episode, about West Auckland FC, the in winners of the first Euro... For, no... English winners. The first time an English team won a European Cup. Well, they, they won an international trophy. Um, yes. Admittedly, it was, it, it was um, an inception by Thomas Lipton at the time. Um, but they, they actually won what was indirectly deemed as the first World Cup. Um, a TV series, a TV programme or film was made out of that with Dennis Waterman. I urge you to watch it. It's a great film. Um, West Auckland FC are part of the history of English football. Absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, people say I look a little bit like Dennis Waterman and Meat Loaf's Love Child. That's just the way I look. Dennis Waterbed. You know, I, don't, I don't know what you mean, Arthur. That, that, However, that's Dennis Waterbed, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I never go to the beach, because Greenpeace tried to refloat me. Uh, moving on, one of the speci special features we do on this show is, where are they now? Uh, you know, famous for Gary Lineker, where is he now? Oh, no, we know. Uh, but let's have a look at some uh, past footballers and where are they now. Philippe Albert, a Belgian footballer. I mean, you know, very fondly remembered on Tyneside. Um, you know, one of the, his great goals was a lob on the great Peter Schmeichel. Um, he quit football very, very quickly, left it behind him. He's now running, would you believe, a fruit and veg stall in Belgium. Cor no, I, no, I, can, I, mean, I can see him saying, Cor blimey, love, come and feel me, Brussels, not off. I, well, they don't call them Brussels sprouts in Belgium, they just call them sprouts, first of all. Of course. Just like a Greek salad in Greece is just a salad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Long Island iced tea, etc. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's there in Belgium running a fruit and veg stall. He says, I wanted to have a normal life. I don't particularly like talking about my football career, but since you asked... It's in the past. Um, the most important thing is the future and um, two, two for a pound, love. 
apparently. <laughs> not yeah. off. Not off. Brussels pickers. Yeah. Um, David May. Do you remember Dave, David May? David May, class player, brilliant player. He really was a quality player for Manchester United. Um, signed for £1.2 million, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he was one of the jokers apparently in the dressing room. He said, uh, when I wasn't greeting uh, Geordie Cruyff with uh, De San Miguel's... <laughs> he just... Uh, De Sa- I can't even read it. Stop, stop. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, go on. Go on, you read it because I can't get over this. You see, now now this is this is rather rather special because neither of us can both read it. Um, after retiring from 2004, he formed a partnership with Import South African Wine. And um, allegedly, he knocked it on the head because the lad he was... Um, yes, in business this is why with, I couldn't read it. Was a total naughty P. boy. Naughty boy. It begins. Uh, it begins with a P and ends with Rick Mail. Yeah, um, but we can't. Yeah, talk but about we're, it. we're a family show, so we don't use that sort we of don't language. Know. Yeah, if no. we possibly can avoid it. So we'll move on. Nigel Spink. Do you remember him? He oh, won the European Nigel Cup Spink, with Aston Villa. Goalkeeper. 1982. Long time ago now. Um, you know, I was at school. Were you? I mean, I just started. Are you accusing me of being old? No, I'm just... I'm not being paranoid. I'm just here, lying about I? myself. <laughs> um, he had an England clap, uh, cap. Um, he looked set for a very big coaching career. Managed Forest Green. I mean, you know, giant killers Forest Green. Fabulous side, map. Forest Green Rovers. He worked on... I mean, you know, then his career went down, uh, downhill. He worked under Steve Bruce at Wigan, Birmingham and Sunderland. And he, he was going to take on full-time football. But he said, if you're in the Premier League, you get the financial benefits of working... Seven days a week. I don't know what he's talking about there. Um, but however, um, you know, he said we are now. Uh, what he's doing now, following his sacking from Sunderland, Nigel Spink and a friend. What they did was they hired a van to take his belongings from his temporary home back to his family home in the Midlands. And he said we are putting a uh, pulling on the motorway with a fan full of gear. I think he means, you know, his household yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not Obviously. nothing naughty. Uh, and he said this isn't too bad. Uh, since I started, this was. His inspiration, driving a van with his furniture up the road, he decided that that's what he wants to do. And he's now a van driver. Nigel, Nigel we need Spink. your number yep. because we have a lot of business we can put your way. Yeah, so we can actually advertise Nigel Spink, man with a van. Exactly. Now, <laughs> he David can save H- you. Well, exactly. But David Hillier. Now, David Hillier... Um, apart from being an Arsenal legend, and I use yeah, that yeah. word in the loosest sense of the term, um, and also being uh, caught out fiddling with other people's luggage Uh-oh. at an airport. Really? Tell us more. Um, he's a firefighter. So we have to doth our cap to David Hillier falling into that line of uh, business. Um, I mean, that that is just fantastic for David Hillier, falling into being becoming a firefighter we, we love our emergency services, so actually, well done, David Hillier. Actually, uh, Steve, that's a very important point you make because, you know, while we're laughing and joking about football and uh, enjoying, you know, being on the Costa del Sol and on the beach and all that, uh, the people that actually make a difference, it's not us talking about football and gabbing about it. And you're a taxi driver, you know uh, yeah. one of your functions in life, one of the, you know, your, yeah. uh, you know how important 
those people who work in, you know, the medics, the ambulance drivers, the firefighters, the police, how important they are. So a big yeah. shout out to them because that's important. Absolutely. Especially in your they, line they, of work. These people do an impossible job. So well done to David Hillier and all the other firefighters in the UK who do a fabulous job. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left on the show because that's the way it works. Um, Steve, what have you got for us next? Because um, what we, we're talking well, about retro. What have you going got next? Retro. Well, it's not quite retro, but I, I, I've been I've been looking at uh, groups that have made songs about football, um, and we're talking like Super Fairy Animals. The man don't give a father Ted, and I've cleaned that up rather rather a lot. Um, which was a song about <laughs> yes. Robin Friday. If you look at the album cover, you will know what I mean. Um, Go, uh, George Fardon, Belfast boy, about George Best, no less. Right. One of the greatest footballers ever to don any shirt anywhere. Absolutely, of course. And, and Half Man, Half Biscuit, all I want for Christmas is my Duke Clapago away kit. Can you think of any other... Chris. No, not really. I mean, now, you know, this is quite a topic for you to bring up. By the way, uh, just to interrupt you there, Steve, in case you're listening to this and you're wondering, what is that background noise they've got on? Have they put that on there specially? We are sat in our part in the El Zocco Centre Calander. Um, we're recording this. It, it, the reason the background noise is there is we are in a bar and they've got live Champions League on the big screens. And we're watching currently, this is just a date where we're doing this and when we're doing this. Uh, Manchester City against Schalke. Uh, it's currently what we got? Uh, 31 minutes gone and it's still 3-2 on Agra, nil-nil on the day, Steve. That's why the background noise is there. We, but, yeah, you know. we, we, we are in fact live. We, um, we are well. breathing. We, we are looking at each other in disgust. And yes, we are live. Now, Chris, Scotland... All-time Scotland, well, not all-time, but since 1975, Scotland 11. That's very difficult for me, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take your lead on this one. I mean, right. great Scottish players. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is Archie Gemmell, of yeah. course. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that goal, and you must, if you're a football fan, you know the goal I'm talking about. People talk about, you know, uh, children or, or kids when they're growing up and they're going for the academy about being too small to be a footballer. That guy's... Um, you know, central gravity was very low to the ground, but he used it to his advantage, and he went round so many players. That goal is a legend. It's on YouTube. You have got to check it out. Of course, Steve, yeah. explain more. Well, 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 Cluffy absolutely loved Gimmel. So anything that is that is uh, has Cluffy's approval, obviously has our approval as fans. But um, certainly for the back five, I've got. Jim Layton in goal, Danny McGrain at right back, Willie Donerkey at left back, Roy Aitken and Dave McKay at centre halves. Um, so, I mean, that is my back five. Um, I've got Bremner, Gemmell, Soonis, McCoyce, Dalgleish, and Robertson as my first 11, with Ruff, Hansen, Hay, Jardine, and Nicholas on the bench. Uh, what say you, Jeff? Um, Bremner was, was was Bremner playing after seventy five? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Just, mm. just, just. Okay. So I'd you can include him. We're going to allow yeah. that. I'd, I'd question whether he could play in the same side as Gemmell, to be quite honest. But yeah, yeah. but it's it's a difficult. I mean, with all due respect to Scotland and Scottish fans, 
as an English person and an England football fan, it's a very difficult one to... I mean, Steve, you've come up with a, a, a little bit of a difficult one there. We both said Archie Gemmell, of course. Then you've got Bremner and all those. Dalgleish, of course. Uh, but it's difficult to, to find, you know, to, to find who, was the, who, who were their best servants. Well, the, the things that Scotland's always been famous for is its inside forwards, like Gemmell. I mean, that, that's their speciality. Um, Danny McGrain was a great right back. He, he'd get into a lot of, not, not a lot of teams, great player. I liked Willie Donachie too. He had a great way, maybe not the best technical left back, but he, he was good fun watching him play. So... Um, what we're talking about here is uh, a Scotland combined eleven. Yeah, uh, Steve, you were saying Willie Donachie. Uh, Willie Donachie was ve- was quite two-footed actually. Um, he scored, and I think it was against Birmingham. Ironically enough, he scored the most amazing goal. Um, he didn't score many. I think he only scored about nine in his career. Um, had around about five hundred, five hundred and fifty games at league level. But he scored one of the most spectacular goals I have ever seen a left-back score. All right, so what we're going to do here on Carl and Kenneth's Hitting the Bar Football from Monocles to Man Buns, uh, available on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Anchor.fm, Spreaker and many, many more platforms. Go to them or wherever it is you happen to be listening now. Please leave your comments. You might be Scottish. You might know a lot about Scottish football more than us, for sure. Leave your comments and anything else you have to say about uh, some of the stuff we've been discussing, the combined Arsenal-Tottenham uh, 11, the combined England 11, some of our views on VAR, or perhaps you've got a personal story about uh, your first time at a football game. Uh, Jeff, while we've got you here, uh, Jeff, uh, Steve and I did discuss on the very, very first episode of Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar, our football experiences, some of the weirder and possibly more violent things that happened to us back in the day. Uh, can you remember you know, some, some very interesting or weird uh, thing that happened to you at a live game when you went to see football in the stadium? Um, when I went to see football in the stadium, not, not so much, no. But when I was playing in a match, I was playing in a, it, for my Sunday team. And Excellent. in those days, the, the league supplied the referee and each team supplied the linesman. Our linesman this week was Trevor Peacock. Wow. Who, who many of you will know from Vicar of Dibley. He's the character who goes, no, 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 yes. Absolutely. And his son, Daniel, played, played with me. Daniel Peacock was an actor as well. Anyway, the referee was terrible. I mean, seriously terrible. Not biased against one team. He was terrible for both just, teams. Just bad all round. Couldn't keep his whistle out of his mouth, and the game just didn't go. About halfway through the first half, Trevor Peacock has had enough of this. And he's linesman. He walks onto the pitch, gets a notebook and a pencil out and books the referee for being terrible. (laughs) That is really, that actually happened. That actually happened. That actually What a great memory. Uh, Steve, uh, we are running out of time. You know, we're we're into, what is it now, episode four. We are indeed. Um, I just want to make a correction in relation to um, the previous episode where I thought it was Coventry um, v Arsenal, where a parachutist hit the stand. It was, ah, in fact, yes. in v- uh, Villa Park. Sorry, memory plays tricks. Um, the parachutist is a chap by the name of Nigel Rogoff, who is a veteran of 6,000 jumps. Unfortunately, 
Sadly, he lost a leg. Thankfully, he's okay. He's alive. He's good. Um, but um, he needed 177 units of blood, believe it or not. Wow. So um, I've got to be honest. He is one of my heroes for just surviving that. Absolutely. For, you know, footballing hero or hero in society, that's great. Listen, um, we're just about out of time. Yet another episode of Carl and Kenneth's Hitting a Bar Football from Monocle's to man buns thank you of course as ever to Stuart Hill exclusive wines you can check them out on their website all allofw.stuarthilluk.com uh, they organise forums combined with theatre and dance and music where distributors can come along and taste the wines and cigars and whiskies, all the exclusive beautiful uh, Bacchanalian and Dionysus kind of stuff that you might enjoy combined with culture and now football, which is also a kind of culture. Thank you to Taxi Point, um, which is also a wonderful source of information for people who want to know about taxi news and stuff. Taxi Point, uh, and thanks to our bar as well. Steve, uh, a last word, because I want to thank also Jeff Saunders for joining us. Big West Ham fan, source of fun and information. And Steve, final words to you, and then I'll wrap it up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. It's much appreciated. Please join us. Please interact with us. Please tell us what you think. Death threats are good. We don't mind. No, no. I mean, you know, death threats are just... They'll get lost among all the ex-girlfriends. It means you care. That's what I said to the ex, but apparently not. <laughs> um, you know. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Join us on iTunes, Spotify, and... Look for us on Facebook, Carl and Kenneth's Hitting the Bar. Look for us on Twitter, at Carl and Kenneth's, capital K, capital K. Um, we love the fact that you're listening. Please do comment. Join us very soon for episode five. Steve Kenton, from you. Good night, and thank and from you me, very Chris much. Carl, a very, very good night, goodbye, and thank you. You've been listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Join us again next week for more of their twisted football news, all of their weird football views. You can find them here every week on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. We'll see you again shortly.